Hello and welcome to the Speed of Sound podcast, a brand new podcast to the Veloce channel. We are joined with two very special guests for the first episode. First of all, we've got Mr. Benjamin Daly, Tim and Mardi. 329,000 subscribers, so congratulations on that. And our second guest is Mr. Arav Amin, Arava, and uh, 228,000 subscribers. So together, 500,000 subscribers. That's quite a lot of people when you think about that. Yeah. It's like five, six Wembley stadiums. So Yeah, that's pretty crazy. We've been numbers like that. Crazy, yeah. Did you ever expect it to be this big when you first started out? Uh, no. away. <laughs> I didn't even think there was enough people in the F1 community or just interested in F1 gaming in general to to ever get to 100,000 subscribers. And I think Arab can say it as well. And we're kind of still shocked that yeah. we're, still, we're still growing. Well, like when we when we started, the biggest guy doing it at the time, when literally me and you started our channels was like, what, 20,000 subscribers? So that yeah. was like the ceiling of, of the community. So the fact that Ben especially just keeps pushing that ceiling higher and higher is pretty crazy. Like we're, we're kind of almost making F1 gaming fans because you always get those like comments like, every other week of like, oh, didn't like F1, now I do. Yeah, it's just the, the best way to reach out to, to a new audience who maybe don't have the attention span to watch like a two hour long yeah. Grand Prix. They see like a, you know, a shortened career mode that's like 20 minutes or just an action packed online race or something. And they can really get behind that. And through that, they start following the sport, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean, you've been going for like six, seven years now. Started, I've got down here, 2011. And you, a yeah, year later in, yeah, in 2012. 2012 so you've been going for so long that it's just sort of boomed and, and grown yeah. from basically nothing like how long did it take you back then to sort of get to I say a thousand so um I kind of started commentating around a thousand subscribers um I, I would have been uploading just like regular just gameplay no no commentary for like two years getting to a thousand and then I started commentating and then after that it kind of blew up a little bit so get it, they always say it like full-time YouTubers, it takes like the longest time to get your first thousand subscribers. Yeah, it took like a year, I think, for my first thousand. It took like three months for 300. And that was kind of crazy to think like now I would hope to get 300 maybe less than a week. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty crazy thing back then. Like I remember sitting, form, sitting down in the common room and I'll check my phone and I'll be happy if I got two subscribers that day. Like it'd be a really good achievement. So that kind of just shows the scale of everything. But yeah, that first thousand, like zero to 1000 in anything, let yeah. alone YouTube, like just business. And you know, they'll tell you like that zero, going from nothing, zero is so difficult in whatever you do. Um, so yeah, it's pretty unbelievable still. Yeah, how, how do you feel like it's changed from being like back then to now like F1 community, obviously that's talked about quite a bit on Twitter, but how do you feel yeah. like all of that has sort of changed from when you were literally just starting out? Was there even a community back then? It was. I think uh, still like the there's a lot of the old familiar folks still yeah. around talking about the racing and like that. Um, I feel like on Twitter it's very it's a more concentrated part of the community. Obviously, I don't really regard there being a, a wider community on YouTube per se because there's yeah. so many casual viewers that come and go. But the ones that bother to follow you on social media and follow you around, that certainly changed a little bit. I think all of us apart from maybe you and like Matt and like that then lot all of us were like teenagers when we started it and when the community started we're all in school we all had so much free time I think you've seen slowly a few people here and there kind of stop doing it because they've kind of well grown up basically they've had to ditch YouTube and yeah. they've had to just do what they have to do whether it be school uni work and then yeah a couple of us lucky few can actually continue yeah. doing it as a job so 
I certainly evolved in that way. It's interesting because we had such a big community maybe two or three years ago. We went through this time where when we started, the community yeah. was relatively small, got big, and now it seems like a lot of people are dropping off. And so if you want to get involved in it, it's actually kind of a good time to maybe get yeah, involved in it because there's not as many of us around anymore. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of people sort of festering around that 100 subscriber below their 1,000 mark at the moment. But mm. do you feel like it's harder these days to sort of, because you've got the two, you know, you're up there and then you've got down here. I think YouTube sort of in general. Starts, and then you've got the rest of the sort of downhill. Yeah. Are you saying, yeah? Yeah, I think YouTube, YouTube in general, general is just very different to when we did it. Like when we started the algorithm for like search engines and stuff like that was a lot more simple. Now yeah. it's like, oh, like you're going to get the video today in your subbox? Cool. One day you yeah. get it, one day you don't. So it's very erratic. So even for us, it's kind of like a day-to-day -day sort of frustration. So mm. I can't imagine what it's like trying to grow from like 100 subscribers right now. Um, so in that kind of way, it's almost harder. Yeah, to, to just consistently grow and, and keep a viewership. Whereas like back in the day, <laughs> it's really funny to laugh about now, but like back then we could do like a race race review where we talk about right, yeah, what yeah. happened in the Grand Prix, stick a real life thumbnail over it and you'd be guaranteed like 50. Yeah, a really good amount of views. Whereas now it's like there's so much, one, there's so much content. Also F1 itself doing its own content yeah. now is actually a huge deal. Like I don't think people realize that actually it's great for viewers that f1 does a lot of content for us as individual people yeah. not even like companies like just individual people in their houses doing videos it's very difficult now sometimes to get eyeballs on your content when f1 themselves do so yeah. much local content obviously they can do anything with the real life mm -hmm. footage we can't do anything otherwise we'll get a copyright strike so in that way it's also a little bit harder to you know like you said like it used to be so easy to get yeah. like a good good amount of views on like a race. Yeah, view. I suppose it, it makes it difficult to, for you to do real life F1 stuff. Yeah. But you can just do games galore as much as you want. Yeah. But obviously, you want to expand to do more sort of real life, get those viewership from older fans, yeah. possibly, who are just more into. Well, just the do different stuff, F1. really. Just, you know, like play around with it. I know, I mean, for me personally, I love gaming anyway. So, like, I'm, I'm never going to get stray away from that too much. But at the same time, yeah, you, as F1 fans, you just want to discuss the sport at some point and um yeah i mean with formula like with formula one investing so much in its own content you almost want to go with the wave and try and add on to that yeah um because there are clearly people new people that are now watching f1 on youtube via their highlights and stuff like that maybe older viewers that weren't into youtube before and they might you know peer around the related videos and might stumble upon you so it's a chance to also get noticed that way but um it's it's harder and easier in a way. Like there, yeah. I, I get you mean, what you mean by it. There's definitely a lot less people yeah. actually doing the videos, but because YouTube's so complicated these days, it's actually harder to still get noticed. Yeah, the yardsticks are always moving, so yeah. it's an ever-changing yeah. obstacle. YouTube, and it's just the, that's just the beauty of it, I suppose. Yeah, it's where, chaos. Where where <laughs> could you potentially see it going though? In the future, like, do you feel like a million subscribers is possible in this community? Well, if we stick at it long enough, but yeah. I feel like we probably need to expand a little bit and hope that Liberty Media come in and maybe help foster in a, a younger audience through like F1 Esports um, and just many other ways. But yeah, growth for F1 gaming is just such a niche, um, you know, area. So, you know, growth is pretty hard. So yeah. Just take into, to, account, take into account like the fact that F1 game sales aren't even 1 million. No. Yeah. They sell 
I think the best they sold is 2017 when Karimo came, uh, 2016 when Karimo came back. I think they sold like just over half a million copies worldwide. Um, and that was on the PS4. So like, if they're not selling a million copies, there's not a million people yeah. interested in F1 gaming per yeah. se. But like he said, with Liberty Media coming in, the hope is that you're just getting younger fans interested in F1. And I think younger fans, if they like F1, the real life sport, they will definitely like the gaming stuff because, you know, younger kids, they have shorter attention spans. They yeah. want a lot of action. And that's what you get with F1 yeah, gaming. Yeah, Whereas definitely. All, all older audiences are already into F1. They don't really get it. You know, they don't see any kind of, you know, entertainment value in it. But obviously all three of us are kind of that part of that generation where now, you know, you're watching Twitch streams as entertainment. Like I, I per se, like personally for me, I watch so many Twitch streams every evening instead of maybe usual TV shows. Um, so it's just that, yeah, I think F1 is a very niche thing though. So it's like, I, I want to say we could get there, yeah. but it will take a lot of outside things that are not yeah. in our control for it to happen, I think. But like you say with Liberty Media, hopefully they would bring in possibly opportunities yeah. for you as well to work with them. That would, oh, that would be, be amazing great for yeah. you guys because that's yeah. amazing opportunities for you to move on with. But um, yeah, hopefully there is that potential in the future yeah, exactly. of them taking over, them being social media, very much top priority for them. Yeah. There's uh, hopefully something that both of you could do, races. You know, is that any goals of yours like presenting or anything like that? To yeah, I mean, definitely for me, I, I want to do more than just the gaming stuff. I, I love gaming. That will always be my number one thing, but I love presenting as well. I like yeah. the idea of being part of a whole team and doing something bigger than that. Um, and I think just talking about real life F1, like I've done the, my own podcast on my channel for like three years now, and it's really helped me keep my interest alive in the sport rather than just kind of fading away a little bit. I feel like some of the community guys on Twitter, I feel like over the last three years, you've seen some people wavering on how much they actually enjoy the sport these yeah. days and like care to engage with it. So I think for me, like I'm still fully engaged with it. I would love to do more kind of real life stuff with it. Yeah, and you Mr. Daly? Um, something I haven't <laughs> thought all too much about. Oh my god, my boy. By the way, I'm, I've got a sore throat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need water. I was fine well, 20 seconds ago. just turned into literally a 12 year old boy <laughs> there. We're talking about old channels, and you've gone back to literally start off with Ben's. That's probably how he sounded his first commentary. Hey guys, it's yeah. me, Ben. Yeah, that's how he sounded his first commentary, probably. Yeah, goals for the future. Um, anything that you've sort of considered that you'd love to do in the Nippon world? Yeah, get as close to the sport as we possibly can. We've had some great opportunities the last, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. last year going to Abu Dhabi. Um, getting to interview F1 drivers, which we've both done in the past. Yeah. Um, I think the next step is maybe doing gaming with F1 drivers. I think that would be a great yeah, concept we could kickstart and would gain a lot of interest. But yeah, I mean, whatever opportunities come our way, I think we're both pretty, pretty keen to snap them up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talk about real life F1 as we've uh, sort of diverted onto that. Um, Brazilian Grand Prix was recently. Obviously, the big debate from that is Max Verstappen versus Esteban Ocon. Of course, everyone had a first opinion straight away. Has that changed since you have reviewed extra footage of that? Uh, my my stance hasn't changed, no. which was Ocon. Ocon's the guy who's lapped, so in my eyes, like the rule book doesn't say anything like that. But I feel like if you're lapped, you're not part of the relevant race. So you may be obliged to overtake if you are faster, but I feel like the onus is on the lapped car completely to yeah. do the overtake in a clean manner. I feel like the leader should not have to do anything for you as, an, uh, as a lapped car. Like Ocon, he had the speed. He could have waited patiently yeah. through turns one and two and then blitzed him on the straight because he caught him up so much uh, on the back corner up the hill. So there's no 
way he wouldn't have overtook it yeah. after the center s so for me I'm, I'm still kind of like 90% Ocon 10% max like that yeah. little bit of like okay might, he could have just given the room and wouldn't have hurt his race lead but still I feel like yes. a lapped car just... see I see it the other way I feel like Max should have just let him go like they were side by side through that <laughs> second corner it wasn't like it was that for audio listeners, yeah. my hands are in different yeah, places. Yeah. But <laughs> it was, they were side it, yeah. by side. Yeah. There was a little bit where Max was ahead, but yes. you know, they were side by side. Max didn't give him any room. He just turned into yeah. that corner like he wasn't there. Yeah. And if you're gonna do that with a driver next to you, you've got to pay the consequences at the end of the day. The thing is he had so much to lose. Yeah, exactly. He was leading the race by like ten seconds. I, I know like Ocon I'm, uh, it's pretty shady what he did, to be honest, but as as the race leader, you've got to have that survival instinct to you know because you've got so yeah. much to lose. You you want to win the race. Red Bull, you know how many times in a year do they have an opportunity to win a race? Yeah. And then they you know yeah. did it in Monaco where he had the opportunity to to get pole and then he did he crash? I yeah, think he it crashed was. And so it's just these crucial moments where he just lacks that just calmness yeah. just to make the right decision. And it's not like sometimes. he didn't see him because he went defensively into turn one as well. So yeah. he knew he was there, he knew he was coming. So it's not like he can say, oh, I didn't know he was there. He knew he yeah. was there at the end of the day. So my stance, oh, especially after seeing the footage which you were talking about of how much he how closed much he gained, up. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. no reason to fight that. It's not like he was just yeah. quick on the straights. You can yeah, see but how I, much I, he was I'll go there. back to, okay, Hamilton ironically said that he should have waited up and, you know, been like more cool, but Hamilton himself was once an unlapped uh, car that was trying to overtake people, Hockenheim 2012. Yeah, I remember. And Hamilton himself, being the lapped car, waited for the straight to overtake Vettel and Jensen because he knew, okay, Jensen's fighting Seb, I need to overtake them in a way where I can maybe even give Jensen a toe and help yeah. him out a bit. Whereas this was like in the centre S, like, let alone a lap car, just overtaking in a normal race condition is so difficult. What makes you think that the race leader is going to be so lenient like that? Well, I mean, he, he did it to Alonso, and there's the pictures that he put up on Twitter that shows that Alonso is the same car as Max Verstappen. If you look at the photos, even on that one, like Ocon like, literally tweeted them out, Instagrammed them, and you can yeah. see he's a lot more alongside yeah, Alonso yeah, he is. than he won Verstappen. And I just, I go back to the differences you're lacked. Yeah. So it's just like... It's, it is a tough one, because obviously the rules state that you can unlap yourself. Yeah, you can. Um, but at the same time... Yeah, I do agree that it was a stupid place to go for it, but then at the same time, I feel like Max should have given him. So I'm sort of in the middle. Yeah, but I mean, you can say a lot in hindsight. You can say a lot in hindsight. I think in the moment, yeah. in the moment, if you're the race leader, I feel like you, you're not even you know, like when you see a lapped car, you're not even thinking about it. You're just, unless they're getting in your way and you say blue flags, you're not thinking about what they're doing behind you. You know, you should be like, I'm fine. It's because think about like in normal road car terms, the car behind is always at fault. If you get an accident on the road. The car yeah. behind is always the one in front. Even if you brake check the guy behind you, the guy usually behind you is still one fault because he should react to you. So I feel that's the same I'm way. I'm sure that's how it works. But <laughs> I'm not I'm actually brake checking. Okay, you're fine. Do you have a bit of experience with brake checking? <laughs> Never. <laughs> on the M25. On the M25. Yeah, on the M40. Just bam. Yeah. No, but usually, it, 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 like most of the cases, 90% of the time on the road, the car behind is at fault. And so I feel that's the same way. Like the lapped car... I feel like almost after this, I feel like they should put that in writing in the rules that yeah. you can unlap yourself, but you've got to do it in a timely in a safe manner, area. in a safe area. On, usually on a straight, I guess, yeah. not, not into the corners. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one because you can see it from both ways. And obviously, Max, yeah. as a race leader, should just be like, you know, it's not worth it. Let's let him go. Yeah, at the same time, yeah. 
Let's talk about though, Mercedes. They were poor at the start of the season. Absolutely. Well, not absolutely awful. They were up there, but they weren't as good as Ferrari. Yeah. Ferrari definitely had it from the off. Yeah. And I think definitely there was a switch sort of halfway through the season, just like that. And it's just Mercedes all the Walting way. away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With it. Same with Lewis Hamilton as well and Vettel. It's just been... Well, let's ask the Lewis fan. No, not what he, Lewis. What he thinks of. He's wearing his clothing, right? <laughs> I just like the... Have you oh, stopped celebrating yet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, for me, this has been a horrible year. Ricardo. For Ricardo, yeah. Just, yeah. The Australian, yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, hasn't pretty much yet. just had to detach myself from, from the season going, all right, this is a write-off. Maybe 2019's a write-off too, so I'll wake me up in about two or three years and <laughs> ask me how things are going then. But yeah, it's been pretty... Just domination from Lewis. I think he's just... He's not put a foot wrong. From the outside, it just looks like he's getting better I and mean, better. I mean, apart from the first half of the season, he was a bit... I mean, it wasn't even him, really. It was more the car. Like, yeah. I, I don't think for him as a driver, I don't think he's... Like, it's okay, maybe a little bit at the start, but since, what was it, Germany, he's been bulletproof. Yeah. Nothing's gone wrong. Like, if anything's gone wrong, it's to do with the car. He's probably like, like second and first or thirds. Literally yeah. been podiums all the way. Yeah, he's driven it to the max. Even Mexico, he drove that car to the max yeah. of that what it would get. So, yeah, and he just he outperformed Bottas at the start of the season as well. So you can't really fault him. Am I? Did I get something wrong? No. Okay, I thought <laughs> you were looking at me like I said something. No, no. Bottas got a little bit unlucky at the start, but I think. I think so many people bought into the Bottas thing, especially at Baku when he could have won. Yeah. And that, that picture of him so sad, I think that was more pettiness of like, oh, no, no, what, that's not the word, like pity of yeah. like, oh, we feel so bad. But you've seen now, clearly, I, I didn't, I'm not like, I'm not going, like, being around the bush. I don't want him in F1. I don't think he don't deserves think so the enough. drive. I think, okay, he could drive a midfield car, yeah. like go back to Williams or something. But I, I think he's just literally taking on that seat now. I would have loved to have seen an Ocon in Mercedes just for the fact that I think on Ocon his day... Max around too, yeah? <laughs> that, that, and two, on his day, I think you could do a better job yeah. than Bottas on his day. And Bottas doesn't have many days. No, he hasn't no. really. Like, he hasn't got a single race win this season in a race winning car. No. Unless there is something secretly happening behind closed doors like yeah. with Van Dorn and Alonso where Hamilton's car is better. But you assume that it's probably not there. I don't think it's that. Very identical. He could have got Russia, obviously. But yeah. at that point, you can only blame Bottas for not being in championship position. Yeah. Like, at that point, you are the number two driver. Just move out of the way. Yeah. Your, your teammate wants to win. Same thing. Like, that's why I criticised Ferrari at Germany for um, not swapping them earlier. Because you don't know if it would have made a difference. But I feel like if Vettel was leading the entire time, maybe that little bit of pressure's off and he doesn't make yeah. that lock-up mistake and go, go <laughs> off. So... Um, you know, when those things happen, you have to kind of be a bit more, you know, just number wise of like, right, this is a mathematical best thing to do for everyone here. You know, yeah. let's forget a token win for our second driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not really been good at all this season. Last season, he got a few race wins, but still, it's not really been. He's had his fun in there. I think it's now. It's now time. He's got his race win. Yeah, it's now. It's now time to leave. It's time to go. <laughs> right. Let's move on from real life F one. Let's move on to F one esports this Saturday or this Friday and Saturday because they like to do it a bit weird. Yeah. Um, they are going to be doing the grand finale, and we're all going to be there at the actual events. So that's going to be good fun. Um, how have you enjoyed the season so far of it? Do you want to go? Um, it's been. <laughs> Yeah, it's been hotly contested. Obviously, you can look into it a little bit deeper and see that, you know, Brendan's been, you know, winning 
so many races yeah. are. It's just like real F1, blah, 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 Mercedes dominating. But if you if you look deeper into it, they've been, you know, been pushed right to the limit by Toro Rosso. And uh, now even Salva is starting to, to creep up a little yeah. bit now. Yeah, well, it's been a really, there's been some really fun races. Yeah. You know, um, the first night, that was great across the line. Baku, Toro Rosso, the, the Merc, was it Ramnison, the yeah. Lee. Uh, and then event number two was even crazier because especially for us guys, for the Salva guys that are powered by Veloce, uh, to see Sally get across the line three wide and just pit Brendan across the line was absolutely insane. Had it again in Silverstone until he got given. Well, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. so it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's, that was really. Unfortunate. It's just the race, and it's just so much closer. Like, obviously, you think about it, the race that we had so far, Australia wasn't really that hotly contended at the front. It was Brendan who no. drove away of it. Daniel uh, in second. Then you had um, well, China next, wasn't it? I think Brendan Lee. That was a comfortable victory again for him yeah because uh, da- I think Danny was leading as, uh, for a decent portion but he was going long and they were on a constant strategy yeah. so eventually it just played out that they swapped anyway yeah. in terms of strategy play but um, yeah it's been really close I think at the start I feel like everyone almost maybe underestimated how much preparation the Mercedes guys yeah. did and it was a big wake up call for everyone to kind of wake up also at the same time I think a lot of them maybe weren't ready for the like occasion in a way i think they got you know there's definitely some jitters you can't deny that like yeah. i know it's oh the f1 game they're playing a racing game but that's what happens in those moments like you get a little bit nervous you get sweaty palms and you know sometimes things just don't work out um, yeah i mean I think we've seen a lot of pit lane speed limit that yeah i don't know so at silverstone yeah. was so gutting you could tell you could tell by his reaction that he was so so down yeah. about that and you know it's those little things that are the difference especially in esports, you know, when it's so close going to real yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. You can't make an error like that because that would have been the difference between him getting, what, like fourth or fifth? Yeah. It's right up there, yeah. Fine for the win, so. Do you feel like they need to change the penalties then because it is so close? And not It's not like real life F1 where you've got your Formula A, your Formula B, your Formula C, whereas in this you've got everyone and then the Haas drivers. <laughs> yeah, they're a bit there. They're pretty slow. Um, I think the penalties are fine. Like, I, I what, don't know if they were more. Seconds? No, no, they were harsher, but then they brought them okay. down to five seconds in the last round, yeah. which is a bit more fair in what we see in in league racing. You can't speed into the pit lane. Yeah, I, I know that you should still definitely get penalised for it, but I'm just saying, are they just too strict? You know, I I honestly think. The game's not ready for it right now. They need to remove that and just have it like it was in Series 1 where you could just blast it in. I know it looks stupid. The game yeah. is not ready for it because I've had yeah. so many times in career mode where I've definitely sped and on the line, it's gone green. And it's like, that was really iffy. Yeah. Conscious rate, there's been times where I've definitely not sped and it's given me a penalty. So it's like, I, I, I don't think it's there yet. They need to know bulletproof for sure. Because wasn't there an issue at China in event one? Where Someone some, wasn't speeding and they was, got um, done, I think. Yeah, Rasmussen, I think it but, was. But they, was have, one of the but they have stewards there to, to look at those yeah, things and, and make adjustments if need be. So if, if the game does fail, they have those the human eye to, yeah. to fix those things yeah. up. Yeah, but which did I think happen in China. It did happen. It took too long, though. Like, yeah. was, it the, was it the day after or just like many hours after? I think it might have been many hours after. No, because it was... Because that was Cause the it, it was an evening event. Yeah, it was an evening event. So it was the day after. They brought the press release out and it's just like... I know we want it to be like real F1, but not that much. Like, yeah. like for like a day after the event, something changed like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, apart from that, I think it's been, the penalty stuff has been fine. There's not really been that many, actually. Yeah. No. I think the problem is, is it makes it look like a bigger penalty than what it is because the races are so much shorter and you don't have that much time to, yeah. to make up 
the difference after yep. being set back a little bit. Whereas, like, because the races are so short, everyone's so aggro, get, uh, making moves and really attacking those, you know, pit stop um, parts of the race. So, you know, you don't have too much time to. Yeah. So, to for improvements, would you say 50% or 100% races for the future? Well, they're trying to bring in a 50%. Well, they're bringing in a 50% yeah, race for the final. Is, They've yeah. got 50 for the final. I'm curious to see how that is for one, the race itself, like how close it ends up being. Because obviously, all these guys' league race, all of them get pretty close yeah. to the entire 50% race. But I don't know about the viewer attention span because there's a reason why most of us cut down our 50% races. Like by the end of it, my footage on a video is worth a 25% race, but yeah. it's been a 50% race yeah. distance because there's a lot of periods where nothing is happening, just like real F1. There's no way you can get action every single lap. Well, maybe you can, maybe they'll prove us wrong. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, 50, I think, what they've got is great though, because it is like a sprint mode race. Yeah, it's so intense. It reminds me of Call of Duty when you have those short. You know, they have. They, they, if you don't know how uh, CWL works, they have five different games across, and it's like the best of five. And I feel like it's that nice, short and sweet rounds, really punchy, keeps it fresh. But then at the same time, with the penalties, the scaling's a little bit off. Maybe three seconds. Yeah, something like that. Like, yeah, I think the scaling's a little bit wrong. And then also at the same time, I just don't get why they do one race off camera. They, yeah, I they hate that. To improve that. Friday, uh, the final is going to be even worse because they do two races and the yeah. drivers. Do you even, even know? Because I don't even know how it's structured out to be honest at the moment. Is it two races on the Friday, one race behind closed doors on the Saturday, and then we watch the mm. grand finale Ooh. live? I hope. Or is it the two races I on the hope, Saturday? I'm hoping. I, it's I hope two it's a twenty-five percent race, and then the fifty. Yeah. yeah. On the live event. I can understand if it's 50 on the live event yeah. because from Gfinity side and like the, the kind of more marketing side of things, they did not, they still don't understand, I don't think, how, how much 50% is just a standard across our community. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you do league racing, career mode racing, usually 50% is the way to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, like back in the day, it was 25, I guess. Then it kind of moved to 100 for a little bit, because especially with career mode, 100% races oh, yeah. used to be the only way you could get good enough action for a long video. Yeah. But now it doesn't make a difference. It just extends the stint times. Yeah. So I think Gfinity and them still need to get in their heads that league racing is all done on 50% rates. These guys, when they practice, their practice must be so different to what they do for practice for league racing because it's all 50%. Mm. But then at the same time, also the, the game's in a way where well, I think all the setups are literally time trial setups so it doesn't really matter in the end. They are, yeah. <laughs> so, they've got this yeah. weird thing. I only just discovered this the other day. They have, um, Park Fermi's off. So they have a qualifying setup and then they have a, a race setup because they do qualifying like during the day and then they exit out of that and then they have the race later. Yeah. So they have two completely different setups. Okay. And because it's a short race anyway, they're just pushing every lap yeah, of the strategy. Yeah. doesn't come into it that much. So it's a bit so interesting. It was a shame, yeah. Because... With the with the whole tire carcass temperature thing for this year's game, I was assuming that was going to be a decent part for esports. Fifty yeah. percent race, people trying to look after their tires and actually play a little bit cool. Because every single league race I watch, I don't know about this year because I haven't watched too much league racing this year. But last year's game, everyone's pushing flat out every single lap, and you just pit when your tires are like nearly cooked. You pit and you just push every single lap. There's no tire wear saving. There's no lifting coast to save fuel. There's no taking care of your tyres by going maybe half a second slower on purpose like you kind of do right now on this year's game with the tyre carcass temperatures. So I think it would have been, it's a missed opportunity because they've got this new feature for Cody's as well. They could have plugged yeah. that so many times like, oh, because of the new temperature system, that's why they're having to save the tyres. It's a big loss because yeah. in league racing this year, 50% races have so much strategy. Um, 
most of the races, uh, if you want to win the race, you actually have to qualify in the middle compound and avoid the qualifying yeah. tire because the, the tire temps just go out the window and you sometimes can't even do a one-stop if you start on the softest compound. So, And it makes it really interesting because some people go for track position, going for that, you know, trying to... I don't know. And if a safety car comes out at the end, if you're on that two-stop, then you come into the game. But... Yeah, it just makes things a lot interesting. But with the one stop and the twenty five percent races, you don't get that. Everyone's it's a sprint race. It's yeah. the same. It's thing. a longer sprint race. Like yeah. we do, like five lap, three lap sprint races for open lobbies. It's yeah. the same thing, but you're just going a bit longer. You do one and pit stop. And you have to make a pit stop. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying for the future, definitely, or hopefully next year, fifty percent races onwards, and hopefully they get that from. Yeah, they need, they need to look into that. I think they need to also do. They need to have a bit of a longer stringed out season. I feel. Yes. Yeah. And just do one race per event. There's enough yeah. to talk about yeah. in one event because sure. how many times did when we were watching the event too? So many times I was sat next to you and I was saying they're they're missing the fight with Sally because they're watching the fight at the top. Yeah. So obviously I wanted to see how the Saab, our Sauber guys did, but they were focused on the Merck, the Torosso fight. So I feel like they did one 50% race for one event. They can really analyze that afterwards, show replays yeah. of all the cool moves and you know get a bit more exposure for every single team, every single driver. For example, they've got like Matt on the Skypad sort of thing. Yeah, doing and analysis. Yeah. He doesn't really do that much in the actual live event. If you think about it, yeah, how much exactly, he yeah. could do and talk about different drivers, you'd probably see like from one race, one little replay. Yeah, exactly. It's not, he, he's not really utilised as much down on yeah. that pad yeah. as he could be. Yeah. Um, and like you say, with expanding the calendar, I feel like probably not next year, but definitely maybe in like three years or when they can finally get the game ready early enough, have it spread out amongst the season. Yeah. At the actual events, at the actual real life races, yeah. you have the event there, and then that could be sick. Carry it on for the rest that, of the calendar. That, that could be amazing. You literally have it, it's almost the equivalent of like an F two race at the F one weekend, like yeah. on the on the yeah. official you know event. What, what do you call it? Schedule or exactly. whatever. It's you know there's get rid of Porsche Supercar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one wants to watch. No one wants to watch Porsche Supercar. And we've just got F1 Esports, and you can play it on the big screens, and you've got an audience there because at the moment, Definitely. it being, yeah. you know, stuck to a group in a cinema of you know the guests, VIPs. Yeah, and then, are allowed to come and then broadcast on broadcast Facebook. On Facebook, it, it needs to be improved. So if you showed it at the real life races, one you could show it on TV. You could also show it at the races on the big screens. People yeah. would watch it there still in the, in yeah. the stands and stuff like that. And then you could stream it on YouTube or Twitch. Yeah. Which is obviously the way yeah. I'd like to go. Like F1's, like we said, it's such, so, such a niche game, niche esports that it, you know, we need to take advantage of the fact that not other e there's not many other esports that can do something like that where they can broadcast it yeah. at a live event and get so many new eyeballs on it. Like yeah. COD can't do that. You know, Overwatch can't do that. FIFA can't even do that because the, the, the logistics aren't the same thing. Yeah. It's a bit different when, they, you know, in an F1 day, there's so much time to kill yeah. at a day. Like, we've all been to Grand Prix. There's so much time you're just sitting around doing nothing, just, you know, having a drink or whatever. So you can watch the esports thing whilst that goes on. And that, in turn, gets more eyeballs yeah. on the on esports, the e gets more eyeballs on the game. And everyone, all of us... The esports, everything rises because you get more eyeballs and everything. Exactly. Basically, and it's not like you'd have to worry about you know different cars on the tracks at different times because these aren't on the actual track. So you could have it literally straight after quali, straight after yeah. everything's sort of done. Bang! There we go. There's the qualifying session of the yeah. esports or something like that. Or have two races a weekend, sprint race, twenty five percent, and then a fifty percent on another yeah. day. You could easily have that yeah. um, spread out across the weekend and having that in between. So yeah, I reckon definitely. that could definitely be a good idea for the future. Have you got any other things you want to sort of mention 
of for the future of esports like what you definitely would love to see they're definitely taken in the right direction we have been pretty harsh on what we've said so far yeah. so we just want to reiterate that we're, they're doing I mean, a really good I think job we're, uh, we're, so we're, we're critical because we want to see yeah, it yeah, really good it. yeah at this top and level yeah like obviously it's just starting out so. it's just starting out so they need to get to it i mean from like my perspective i watch a lot of call of duty esports so i see how grand it is how yeah. well of a production it is and so I want it to get to that point. So for me, it's like, that's why I'm so critical because I know there's so many different areas that I could be doing. And also I know, like I said, the very unique thing of having such a big real life sport intertwined so much. It's the only esports where you look at it and if you're old enough and you don't know enough, you might look at it and be like, oh, is that the real thing? And yeah. it's not. Yeah. So yeah. The skills carry over because you're literally on a wheel and pedals. Yeah, and... the skills do carry. I mean, at the same time, I don't think we should also fall into the trap of saying, it, there, there has to be that correlation yeah. because in its own right all the other esports do amazing in their own right as their own thing and i feel like for a lot of esports drivers now coming up maybe that have just gone to esports because of f1 getting into it you know some of these guys they don't care about going to a real life car they want to get to the pinnacle yeah. of this esports driving it's good as well for because motorsports is such a tough place to get into you know you have to have a yeah so much money so much like money. that so it's good for these guys who run out of that budget yeah. and they've got esports as an avenue to go into especially now you can be driving for an f1 team yeah or all of them except ferrari so yeah hopefully they do come into it in the future hopefully well, yeah. they see that this yeah, is I think, a good yeah. avenue i think that i think being ferrari they did a very ferrari thing of we'll wait yeah we'll, we'll step in at the right time and they'll try and step in with so much swagger they'll come in <laughs> with a fancy presentation <laughs> they'll sign the best drivers and they'll just be like all right we're rocking up with ferrari yeah. This, you know, we're going to win this thing. So I think that's their game plan. But um, yeah, I mean, for esports, I want to see the ecosystem get built around it a little bit more. I think there needs to be more stuff outside of the official esports thing. I think, you know, it'd be really cool to see more mini tournaments being set up on the F1 yeah. game. I know AOR is a huge thing yeah. that runs, but there's a limit to how much you can grow that. I think there needs to be like, you know, you see with games like Fortnite, they have so many one-off little tournaments where drivers can earn, players can earn money. I feel yeah. like if there's an ecosystem get, that gets built out where, you know, people are running tournaments and there's like a little tiny prize pool, of like you can win a hundred pounds for winning that week, weekend race. It'd be really great just to keep the interest bubbling away. You have like a feeder series in a way of kind of, you know, people, that's how they gain experience, stuff like that. So I think the ecosystem itself do you think that would work if the separate ones were, you know, once week one race every other weekend sort of thing, like they do in real life F1? Would that sort of satisfy that, or would there need still need to be something else, or like a feeder series of like F2 for Formula One esports, where the guys who you know aren't quite as good, maybe a bit younger, sort of yeah, I think I think if, if under 16s league, as yeah, well, I mean or something in, like in like three three years time or something like that, if they've got the main one to the point where they feel like you know they can branch out and do other stuff, I think it'd be great to then have a bit of a yeah ladder to climb essentially because then it's also easier because I don't think a lot of people maybe don't really engage too much with the qualifiers that much. Like it's a very weird way to qualify. It's yeah. a random yeah. event on the F1 game, and then you do a, a streamed race, but it's not streamed by F1, it's streamed by AOR. And it's run through the F1 Twitch account, F1 Games Twitch account. Yeah. It's not a very coherent way of qualifying. I feel like they need to almost have the qualifiers also displayed in a nice, neat way, where it's like it's an official qualifier. Yeah. You know, this is what we were doing a mini tournament here to get through the levels, I guess. That's another thing. Do you think they do a pro draft again next year? Yeah, I think though. Um, well, this year the rules were really weird. It was like 
what only one driver had to get picked from the pro draft yeah each team only had to select one driver from the pro draft so literally you or me could have got picked by like mclaren or something and they <laughs> yeah, we yeah, didn't need what, to be fast yeah well that's, that's but, what happened with like well with merc they signed three guys <laughs> off camera yeah um it was only Danny, wasn't it? That was on the yeah, only Dan. Yeah, our, our, our Veloce Formula Danny was the, thankfully the guy who got yeah. picked by Merck. He's doing a great job. Um, but yeah, they went and just signed three drivers outright behind closed doors. Yeah. McLaren did the same thing with their like little link up with, uh, what was it? Team McLaren Redline. Shadow? Yeah, McLaren Shadow and their little affiliation with Team Redline, isn't it? Okay. Um, so yeah, it was really odd. It was a very odd rule to be like only one has to be picked from this yeah. pro draft because you have so many other people popping up out of nowhere. And if you're, if I'm a casual viewer and I've watched the pro draft, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Where are these people turn off? Apart, apart from Brendan Lee, you wouldn't know who yeah. any of the other like, people like, are. Like, okay, some of our friends messaged me afterwards when I was doing Instagrams of the pro draft, and they were like, why is why is Torosso signed three drivers? Why is Merck only signed one? Yeah. Yeah. And I have to try and explain to them. It's like if you're and they're. F1 friends of ours, if they're a casual viewer that just likes real F1, they've stumbled upon it, they're gonna be so confused. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> it was very odd. I do feel I feel like next year maybe they just do the one. Each team just sign one because I'm I'm expecting a lot of teams just to sort of stick to retain. with the drivers that they've got. Yeah. I think a lot of them will just re-sign contracts. Happy, unless there's anyone that's not really improved. I think maybe Haas might go in a new avenue, or unless they want to put more money into their esports team, because we, we can't deny that they have been the worst of the bunch at the moment they've yeah. not really done it for only one, one point, point one point and then it's 14 so they are literally like the back markers so they need to either work on putting funding into that and for practice for their guys or they need to think about getting other drivers yeah there is such a big discrepancy in you know how many teams have taken the the series yeah. seriously versus like Haas for example I think Mercedes is the only team that has all their drivers yeah, in house practicing together maybe as well because they're doing quite well I think you've got to look at the teams that are doing well maybe they're the ones that have been taken maybe. seriously I mean, I, think, I think Red Bull and Toros together they've taken it seriously they've flown their drivers out to Milton Keynes to yeah. practice there Mercedes like I said have a team house that's the only team here that has a team house mm-hmm. um, so you can tell the, the difference in preparation um so yeah, I I, don't, I think for Haas they just maybe, I th- I think they just didn't pick very wisely. I think they yeah. kind of that's the thing also with a lot of these drivers don't actually play F one as their main game. Yeah, and they didn't come from F one, did they? Yeah, no, they came from a set of courses, and that's the difference. Like you're not playing a set of courses, you're playing the F one game. Yeah. Like it's a very different game, and I think there needs to be that. You know, you need to stop thinking of it like sim racing. You need to think of it as. It's F1, own competition. F1 esports. It yeah. is the F1 game esports. It's not sim racing. It's F1 esports. You know, like you can play Battlefield, but you might not be good at Call of Duty. You don't have many Halo players playing in the official Call of Duty teams. Yeah. Neither <laughs> Battlefield guys. It's the same thing. It literally is. So uh, I think yeah, Haas and some other teams picked a little bit unwisely. They should have, I think, looked a lot more, to be honest, at leagues like AOR. Yeah. And they should have looked at, right, who are the actual quick guys on this game that play week in, week out and have like 500 hours clocked in the game. Yeah. We should see a much more fair competition next year, I think, because everyone will see which drivers are really good. Um, They'll probably put more money into it. And I heard some stories from some drivers about, you know, only just getting their Fanatec wheel like days before competition. That's, yeah. I it's mean, not good enough to... Our friend... Well, Chem, yeah, Chem of Torosso, his, his wheel got stuck in customs because yeah. he, he lives in Turkey and he told Red Bull that there's no way you're getting this through customs because they're so strict. And lo and behold, he did not have his thing. So yeah, the first event, 
for the good of his team, really good sport, said, I'm not going to race because yeah. I haven't practiced enough. And so obviously rocked up in the second event, did really well after practicing. So yeah, yeah stuff like that. Hopefully that's all just... It wasn't really Torosso's fault, to be fair. Okay. But no, no, that's not Torosso's fault. Yeah. But it's in like, I think Foresight should have been maybe yeah. seen like... Yeah. They uh, needed they needed their equipment like months before. Like, yeah. like when was it like July that they got all announced for Pro Draft and then the first round was like yeah, first round was No, first round was like September. September? September. September, okay, I, think. Yeah. I think Pro Draft was yeah, due, straight after Silverstone, wasn't it? Because they did the... Yes. The yeah. test in Silverstone, Silverstone. And they yeah. did the... Thing straight after so yeah yeah definitely need to be done sort of before um but i don't know i feel like a lot of drivers will be sort of fizzled out at the end of this one and then next year i feel like some more will be definitely put in their places but talking about mercedes i think a lot of teams should adapt that strategy maybe not all in the uk that doesn't have to be there but where their right, teams yeah. are based should definitely sort of set up something yeah for these guys i mean mercedes are definitely going to make a loss on this because the prize pool is not big yeah, enough. Yeah, but it is, a, it is going to get bigger. If, if, if it gets bigger, we can expect it to, if it gets to bigger, get bigger. Mer, the way Merck has set it up, it's a great long-term yeah. investment because eventually yeah. they will make their money back on how much they're spending. I can't imagine on a team house. But um, right now, I think maybe for the smaller teams, i.e. like Haas maybe, yeah. they didn't see the benefit of putting so much money into esports yet. Whereas Mercedes, large company, you be like, okay, cool. We'll put all our, all our eggs into this, really do it well. Um, but yeah, I think I think next year, like with the driving, yeah, I think the teams will get a bit of a wake up call of like, right, if we do actually want to compete, we have to put in the funding, yeah, put in I mean, the time. The, the prize pool last year was two thousand, I think. Yeah. And then this year it's two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. Yeah. So, which I think is weird though. I don't know if you two agree with me. I don't agree with how it's all based on the team. It is a bit because it weird. fully takes away from the drivers. If you're yeah. if like if like okay. Like Danny's a great guy and clearly he's playing it really, really smart. He's a really smart cookie because he knows, right, okay, Brendan's really quick on this game. So, but he, he's said it so many times in the interviews. It's all about the team. It's all about it's the team. Because yeah. he knows. It's too nice. The, but the, 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 he knows, I think he's been so yeah, clever. Yeah. Like he knows there is no money in the driver's championship. Yeah. Oh, it's some pride. What's some pride if you're going to get paid well by your team for winning the actual thing? It's weird as well because of, obviously Mercedes, you've got four drivers in there instead of just having your two set. Mercedes have pretty much got their two set drivers as Brendan Lee and Daniel Barrett's name. But then you've also got teams like Sauber, R1 for example, they do like to switch them around. Rotation, okay, yeah. It works when you've got drivers who are better at different tracks, of course, that's yeah. definitely going to really help you out. But then that takes away from the drivers' championship and makes it sort of not really that relevant if you have drivers Completely. who are just not taking part. You've got the drivers who are up there, obviously, um, Brendan, yeah. um, Frederick Rasmussen, Daniel, um, and I think both Torosso drivers have switched as well. So yeah, Chosman and yeah. Chen, they've switched over, so they're sort of out. They've not really got a chance. Um, Sally's been every single race, so he's there. Um, and I think Yoni Tomala is the other one that's all about yeah, there. And yeah. he's, he's raced every single race. Red Bull, the only one that have got two drivers. Only two drivers. Only two drivers. Only two drivers. So yeah. they're the only And they're doing, they're doing pretty well. They're in a, in yeah. the, the championship wise, they're third place. They're fine for yeah, that exactly. with Sauber. So, yeah. so they've done pretty well there. But I just I just don't get it because it, it makes no sense. Um, it, you know, it works for other esports where. It is a team game. Yeah. Like, you know, I go back to, I keep banging on about Call, Call of Duty. Yeah, but Call of Duty but works with it being it, a team. Yeah, it works because you have five people all playing for the same team yeah, and it's, it's team v team. It's not about F1, who is F1 is, it's you alone in the cockpit. 
So I feel like it just takes yeah. away so much. Especially as a viewer of real life F1, the Drivers' Championship is all anyone cares about. Mercedes yeah. won the Constructors' Championship this weekend. I we can care. all praise it, but we didn't actually yeah. care too much. So, no. We can say, well done, you've done a great achievement, yeah. but no one really <laughs> cares too much. Whereas the Drivers' Championship, yeah. that's the pinnacle. That's what we all want to sort of watch. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit... Hopefully it is sort of fixed, but, you know, will they fix it where there is going to be a driver's pool? We just have to sort of... Well, Hopefully they do. Next yeah, year, yeah. I want to see a separate pool for team and driver. <laughs> well, we'll leave that there. Um, <laughs> we'll leave that in the comments section. Do you think there should be like a separate pool for um, drivers and constructors championship? But we'll definitely leave it there. Uh, thank you to both of you guys for coming on to this first podcast. I hope you enjoyed, enjoyed your stay. It's been good. It's been yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to kick it all off. Hopefully, <laughs> there'll be many more to come. Yeah, definitely many more. And hopefully, we'll have some uh, very special guests coming on in the future as well. Don't forget to subscribe to the Veloce channel, like this video, and uh, we will see you very soon with another podcast. Bye.